A few scientists say the extreme weather patterns that we and other nations have been experiencing can be attributed to man-made climate change. But the majority of scientists say that these weather patterns have nothing to do with man-made climate change. And the man-made climate change theory is bogus, baseless, and completely unsubstantiated. In fact, a number of scientists that originally supported the man-made climate change theory, after careful study, completely reject it now and say that it is not at all consistent with the data they have come up with. At one point, biased, government-funded climate change scientists referred to the phenomenon as global warming. But after major flooding, snow, and cold snaps, they opted to change the name of the phenomenon to climate change because it covers the whole spectrum, because a warming globe was not conducive to major flooding, snow, and cold snaps in the eyes of many observers. So instead of calling the ever-changing weather conditions global warming, they changed it to climate change in an effort to cover their behinds, because this definition seems more reasonable and covers the whole spectrum. And if it is not man-made climate change, what is really behind the destructive weather events of epic proportions that we and other nations have been experiencing? God made climate change? Yes. But man-made climate change? I don't think so. What we and other nations have been experiencing has nothing to do with man-made climate change. The truth of the matter is the word of God has clearly outlined and prophesied that these destructive events would take place before the term scientist or meteorologist ever existed. I hope to make it clear to you today, which is clearly outlined by the word of God, that the swiftly approaching wrath and judgment of God on our nation and other nations because of our manifold transgressions, which include legalizing abominable, filthy, sexual perversions like homosexual and lesbian marriage and bisexuality, as well as the widespread practice of other very offensive sins, like the practice and promotion of black magic and sorcery and mass murder in the urban neighborhoods and communities, are the sources of all our weather-related issues, epidemics, and economic problems. Let's examine God's Word to find the truth about the source of all our problems. Today's audio is entitled, Climate Change or Wrath of God? Which is it? This is a remake of an audio I did several years ago. This audio was recorded Thursday, January 23rd, 2014. The original audio was recorded around 2010. Let's begin by going to Leviticus chapter 26, verses 14 through 16. That's, that's Leviticus chapter 26, verses 14 through 16. And this is essentially explaining uh, the consequences for rebelling against God. God had already gone on, uh, explained earlier, what the benefits and blessings would be uh, if Israel followed God in terms of their obedience to his commandments and, and his statutes and his judgments. And uh, when they did that, they were pretty much blessed abundantly. Uh, you know, they, they defeated all their enemies in battle. Uh, uh, you know, these wicked uh, surrounding tribes and nations that came against them, uh, they would always just crush them in battle. They had an abundance of food, just material blessings. They just had everything, you know, perfect weather. So they were blessed abundantly in so many ways when they followed God's instructions. But when they rebelled against God, this is when all the problems started. And they eventually were uh, destroyed as a nation. They were taken into captivity and God brought all that about. 
Now, let me just start off by uh, stating that the ancient Israel went into captivity and the United States are the descendants of the ten lost tribes of Israel. Uh, ancient Israel actually went into captivity under the ancient nation of Assyria. And uh, after they release, they were released, they grew to form the United States and Great Britain primarily. And that didn't happen by chance. The fact that the United States is a uh, such a powerful and wealthy nation, the most powerful and wealthy nation on the face of the earth as, as it presently stands. But uh, they're, using, they're losing that pr power and prestige rapidly. But as it presently stands, they're pretty much still the most uh, one of you know one of the most, uh, if not the most powerful and wealthiest nation on the face of the earth. But that is changing swiftly, uh, and this didn't happen by chance. That happened because of what God promised Abraham. God had actually promised Abraham that He would make of him a great nation, one great single nation, and a company of nations. And no two nations fulfill that prophecy like the United States and Great Britain. Great Britain at one point was a powerful company of nations. That is what made Britain so great because it was a commonwealth of nations uh, comprised of several different nations. I, you know, they were, uh, because they had colonized many nations, India, uh, you know, quite a few other nations. Uh, so that is what made them great. But at this, as it presently stands, they're just Britain, you know, comprised of just one nation. So they're no longer great, you know. I'm not even sure if they're really good at this point, but uh, you know, uh, what made them great was the fact that they were comprised of several nations. They were a commonwealth of nations. That is what made Britain so great. Um, and the United States is just the single most powerful nation and wealthiest nation on the face of the earth. Uh, both of them had abundant wealth, power, and prestige at one point. And uh, Britain had, has fallen rapidly. The United States has fallen suit uh, as God curses them and brings them to their knees because of their promotion and legalization of filthy, disgusting uh, sex practices like homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, and ultimately pedophilia. Excuse me, because that would ultimately be legalized. Uh, that is their objective to eventually legalize pedophilia as well. And make no mistake about it, the legalization of homosexual and lesbian marriage will be the springboard by which they accomplish that. You open the door for one perverted group, you have to open the door for all of them because all of them will come with a uh, with the same argument you know i was born this way you know and there's no scientific proof to 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 uh, uh verify that you know that is another bogus lie that is uh, created by the homosexual and and lesbian communities to to further their filthy agenda uh you know but i've never known anybody who was just so determined to destroy themselves because that is what it amounts to you know they're rushing head first into destruction on the spiritual and physical level make no mistake about that but uh you know this particular audio is focusing on the physical destruction uh, and the spiritual destruction in many respects of the united states because of their manifold transgression i hope to make it plain to you uh that the uh, destructive weather patterns Droughts, wildfires, etc., uh, are not and cannot be attributed to man-made climate change. That is a bogus theory in the eyes of the majority of of, cli of climate scientists. But it can be attributed to the 
quickly approaching wrath of God on our nation and other nations because of our manifold transgressions and that we support, promote, and legalize these filthy perversions, essentially thumbing our noses in God's face, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it just it, it baffles me, you know, how a group of individuals are going to defy God on his own planet because that is what it, it essentially amounts to, amounts to. You know, this is God's planet. This is not your planet. This is not my planet, you know. This is God. Everything on this planet belongs to God. Everything in the universe belongs to God. You know, you're disrespecting God on his own planet. You're telling God what you're not going to do on his own planet with the life that he's imparted to you. Your lives don't even belong to you. Your children don't belong to you. But you're going to defy the, 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 the supreme authority who gave you all these things. Life, food, water, sustenance. Your children. God provides you with all these blessings. But you defy God, you're drinking his water, you're breathing his air, you're eating his food, you're riding around in his cars that are uh, created from his resources, living in his houses that are created, created from his resources. You're living life that he imparted to you. All these things belong to God. You know, that, that amounts to, uh, and that, that can be compared to an individual allows you to live in his home but there's a certain set of rules that he's established and he says listen here you you know i've given you free reign over my house you can eat all the foods you want drink all the water you want my clothes well my clothes you can drive my cars you can do anything that you want but i just require that you conduct yourself in a certain way and you maintain my property all right i, I require that you conduct yourself in a certain way in relation to a set of rules that I've outlined for you to uh, live in my house and partake of these uh, of these um, these uh, things that I provide for you, you know. Now, if you disregard that, and the man returns, and you're doing everything that he told you not to do, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to kick your behind out of his house and he probably never speak to you again and probably won't uh, want anything to do with to do with you now you know and, and and depending on how much you've done ain't no telling it might get violent you know it may get violent the man may you know or do something like uh put hands on you or something or harm you in some other way and that's just the way it is but it's his home and this the, the same situation applies and even more so as it relates to god's planet this is god's planet these things belong to god and God requires that we conduct ourselves in a certain way to continue to partake of these blessings. You know, but you have these perverse, filthy, sick individuals and groups who thumb their noses in God's face and say, we're going to do what we want to do. And, and the life that you have don't belong to you. The food that you eat don't belong to you. The air that you breathe don't belong to you. Now, what they'll do is try to, try to, uh, um, doubt or defy the existence of God because you know that puts them in a position uh, where all their arguments are validated you know as it, it as it relates to their behavior and everything else see, because you don't have a uh, authoritative source that uh, condemns the behavior and that's what it amounts to so do away with God you do away with the way with the authoritative authoritative source that condemns the behavior and thereby justifying the behavior where you don't have any rules and laws there's no such thing as lawlessness because there are no rules and laws to define or determine what lawlessness is
to expose lawlessness for what it is. And that's what it amounts to. So they want to do away with our authoritative source, you know, and in so doing, they justify their filthy behavior because there's no authoritative source that says that the behavior is wrong. So they try to deny the existence of God, but the Bible tells us in uh, Psalms um, uh, 43, 1 through 3, that the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And he goes on to say that they are abominable and they have done abominable works. And uh, if you examine these individuals, anybody who's saying that there is no God, if you examine them thoroughly, you'll find that they're perverse in their behavior. And they're and you know nine times out of ten, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the percent of the time they're engaged in all types of perverse and disgusting behavior that is uh, uh, contrary to the word of God. That's what it amounts to. So. What they'll try and do, and I mean, that's just the case. And what it amounts to is just, uh, you know, them wanting to continue doing the things, continue in the behavior um, you know, that is clearly condemned by the Word of God. That's what it amounts to. So they they do away with the uh, word, the word of God. And that's actually a Psalms 53. I think I did. I say 43. I think I said 43 earlier, but that's actually Psalms 53, 1 through 3. Uh, and the Bible says the fool that said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they. Uh, it says. Let's go there real quick just to confirm that. Cor uh, Psalms 53, 1 through 3. The fool that said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they. They have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Every one of them is gone back. They all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. Those that say that there is no God. Examining anybody who's saying that God does not exist. And you'll find that individual to be filthy and abominable. And living in ways that are completely contrary to the, the, the Bible. Uh, or which defines what proper moral behavior is. That's what it amounts to. Now uh, let's continue to Leviticus 26. Chapter 14, verses, uh, uh, chapter, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14 through 46. As it states here, but if you will not hearken unto me and will, will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, and if your soul shall abhor my judgment, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I will also do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption. And the burning ague, and that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemy shall lead it, and I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies, they that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you, and if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then will I punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power, I will make your heaven as iron. And your earth is brass. What is he talking about here? Your heaven is iron and your earth is brass. He's just simply saying that no rain. The heavens will give no rain. And when there is no rain and it's scorching heat, the earth becomes as hard as brick. And that's essentially what that amounts to. And you see that happening right now in California. And I'm, I'm, almost, I'm 
convinced that there have been plague like that because they're you know they're one of the hubs of of uh, promoting and practicing homosexuality and you have gov the governor over there and governors uh, other governors like him that uh, you know are uh, passing uh, or are, that are legalizing the perversion the same-sex marriage uh, so I'm almost certain you know that is why they have been pummeled like they are and if they don't repent they're going to simply be destroyed as a state and it's going to get progressive it's probably going to take them out you know, bring them down, and it's going to have a domino effect, and eventually it's going to start affecting the other states, uh, and primarily those states that that have uh, legalized the perversion. You'll see that those particular states are being hit and cursed and played hard uh, for that ungodly defiance. You know, they're about to get thoroughly acquainted with the God of wrath and judgment uh, momentarily. You know, God is about to bring these proud, pompous, arrogant uh, men down to their knees where they're begging and pleading for mercy, and... Uh, and, and apologizing, but it'll be pretty much too late at that point. And God really goes, emphasizes that in his word as well, where he says, and though they cry unto me with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. So it's going to get to the point where they're going to be crying, Lord God, okay, all right, we get it. Lord, save us. You know, that's how it normally happens, self-preservation. You know, when things get really bad, even the, the, the atheists, even the ones that say they don't believe in God, God help us. That's what it's going to amount to. But God says he's not going to hear him. He's going to be purposed to finish the destruction. And that's where we're heading because of your blatant defiance against Almighty God of legalizing these filthy, disgusting perversions, which involves one man sticking his penis and another man stinking hairy uh, anus, stinking hairy anus, or his mouth, or whatever, whatever, whatever orifice that you're sticking your penis in as it relates to another man, oh, uh, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. The, the whole act of sex with another man whether it be oral, anal or any other uh, form it is absolutely disgusting and is condemned by the word of God for all the obvious reasons because it's filthy it, it, it involves swimming in fecal matter let's continue as it states here and your strength shall be spent in vain for your land, land shall not yield her increase neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits and if ye walk contrary unto me and will not hearken unto me. I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. God is saying if you don't heed the initial uh, punishment and, 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 and uh, uh, modify your behavior to fall in line with his word, uh, which defines proper moral behavior, then he says he's going to punish you seven times more for your sins. So, so he's increasing the punishment. The more you rebel, see, it's not going to get better by you rebelling. God is it's going to get progressively much more worse. And I have to make that clear to you as we proceed. But he says, if you will walk contrary unto me and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you few in number. And your highway shall be desolate. And if you will not be reformed by me, by these things, but will walk contrary unto me. Then will I also walk contrary unto you, and will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will bring a sword upon you. Military invasion is what God is talking about. That shall revenge the coil of my covenant. And when ye are gathered together within your cities, I will send the pestilence, disease, is what God is talking about, among you. And ye shall be delivered into the hand of your enemy. And so he's essentially talking about the United States is going back into captivity, and you will... Uh, you're going back into captivity as you, God sends the rising beast power, which is the European Union, uh, after they've come to their prominence 
uh, power and full prominence and power uh, to conquer you as a nation. Now, don't be fooled by that, uh, by the the, the uh, turmoil that's, that's going over the, uh, to, that is happening in Europe right now. That is simply the growing pains of that particular nation as it morphs into that ten nation super state. At which point they'll have come to the full prominence and power, and God is going to use them as a tool to annihilate the United States. Make no mistake about that. Um, but it, it, it states here, And when I have broken the staff of your bread, famine, ten women shall take bake your bread, rather, in one oven, and they shall deliver you uh, your bread again by weight, and ye shall eat and not be satisfied. And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then will I walk contrary unto you also in fury. And you know what fury is. I mean, rage. In other words, God says, I'm going to destroy you in, in rage. In other words, you, you, your, your obstinance and your pride and your stiff-necked attitude is provoking him to f f full unbridled rage. Pretty much just like how it happened with the uh, king of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh, uh, the Egyptian Pharaoh. And how he kept hardening his heart. And God kept up increasing the place. And ultimately until he had completely destroyed the Pharaoh. Uh, for the most part. The same thing applies to the United States. The more you defy God. It don't get better. God gets more angry. Because his attitude. God is like who do you think you are? You know. I mean. And wouldn't you be upset if somebody was living in your house. And ransacking your house. And telling you that they're not moving out. And, they're not, and, and, and on top of that. They're not going to do what you say do. Wouldn't you be upset as well? And that's what it amounts to. You're on God's planet, breathing God's air, eating God's food, drinking God's water, telling God you ain't going to do what he says do. That's what it amounts to. So what happens in situations like that, that ultimately results in you being completely destroyed. Not just on a physical level, because that type of defiance is going to be judged harshly as well. That type of proud, defiant behavior that produces abominable evil is going to be judged harshly as well. Make no mistake about that. But he says, even I will chastise you seven times for your sins. And ye shall eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters shall ye eat. What is he talking about here? He's talking about widespread framing from the droughts to wildfires. Uh, the, the wildfires which will be a real result of the droughts. And he'll be covering, going, uh, speaking about that here momentarily. It's going to be so terrible because of the droughts uh, burning up the crops. There will be no food. And, you know, you know how this thing goes. I mean, this is it's a it's a food chain, you know, you know, the animals, you know, they, they eat the vegetation and we eat the animals pretty much. So and we eat the vegetation as well. Uh, but when you don't have the vegetation, the animals die. And guess what happens after that? Man dies, too, because he don't have any he doesn't have anything to eat or consume. That's how that's how it happens. It has, it has a domino effect. And that's just, this is where you're heading if you continue to defy God with the legalization of these filthy, disgusting perversions. Thumbing your nose in God's face. Putting children in the homes of these perverts in these filthy environments. All right, These perverts put on these fronts of being so loving and, and generous. But all that is for a front. It's a cloak. And the primary objective behind that is to convince the world that they're this loving, caring, giving uh, group and organization, but nothing could be further from the truth, and that is primarily done to further their filthy agenda for the widespread legalization of this filthy behavior. 
that is why it's done primarily. That's why these these celebrities like this. What's her name? Ellen. Did uh, what? You know, I don't know if I forgot her last name, but uh, Ellen. I know that's her show, but she, you know, she's on television quite a giving and helping and and this and that and the other. But the motivation behind it is evil. So the the original act is evil in the eyes of God, and it's going to be judged as evil and punished as evil. Make no mistake about it, because the ultimate motivation behind it. It's to create a fable, favorable view of the homosexual lifestyle, homosexuals and lesbians, to assist them in furthering their agenda for the widespread legalization and promotion of this filthy behavior. So that is the ultimate uh, motivation behind all of it, you know. And that is evil by nature in a God's eyes. It starts evil, it ends evil. It's going to be judged harshly. It's going to be punished harshly. Make no mistake about it. Uh, but it states here, And ye shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters shall ye eat. And I will destroy your high places, and cut down your images, and cast your carcasses, your dead bodies, is what he's talking about, upon the carcasses of your idols. And my soul shall abhor you. Abhor means hate. So God is saying that he's going to hate you. Now, carcasses on your idols is talking about your homes and your cars. Dead bodies are going to be uh, scattered around your homes and your cars. And then whatever other idols you have. And I will make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries unto desolation. And I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. In other words, you know, that is from a uh, uh, spiritual sp perspective. God actually smells in the spirit. When the spirit is filthy, God can smell it. It stinks to God. That's what Christ often referred to demons when he was casting them out as foul spirits. He would say, hold thy peace, thou foul spirit. And Christ, being God in the flesh, was so in tune with the spirit he could smell it. They, they stink. Uh, and as the Bible says, the, the, the righteous are like a sweet smell and savor to God. So a righteous individual, his spirit emits a sweet scent, you know, because the spirit is clean. And that's what it amounts to. And this is what God is talking about. He said, I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors because there are none, you know, because from most, for the most part, the whole nation is, is disgusting and, and wicked and they emit a stench. Uh, to Almighty God, and, and and you know the Bible refers to that in 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 the Old Testament when God says the st the stench of their uh, iniquity and their sins has come up into my nostrils. It's because because God smells in the spirit, He sees in the spirit, and He even hears in the spirit. God is spirit, the supreme spirit being. Let's continue. And he says, I will bring the land into desolation, and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. In other words, uh, when the European Union gets here, and they see how run down, they're going to be just astonished at how run down and broken down the nation is. You know, but, uh, primarily because of the plagues that God is going to be heaping on it. It's going to be something else. And, you know, the destruction that they're going to be, they're going to heap on the nation in large part in terms of conquering the nation. And he goes on to say, I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you, military invasion. And your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Nuclear annihilation is what he's talking about. Certainly that can be talking about Israel anciently. I mean anciently because, um, you know, uh, you know that, that never really happened anciently. That can only happen today. And this is really transitioning back to modern day Israel. And you'll see a number of these verses transition a switch in between ancient Israel and modern day Israel. And I'll make that clear to you as we proceed. But uh, he's actually talking about your cities being laid waste from nuclear annihilation. That's what happens 
uh, to cities when nuclear bombs are dropped on them. They, they look, you know, take a look at Hiroshima and Nagasaki after those atomic bombs were dropped on those, those uh, cities. That's how cities are laid desolate. That's how cities are, cities are made waste by nuclear annihilation. And that's what he's talking about. Then shall the land enjoy his Sabbath as long as it lies desolate. And ye be in your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbath. As long as it lie desolate, it shall rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbaths when ye dwelt upon it. And upon them that are left alive of you, I will send a faintness into their hearts and the lands of their enemies. So it's just it's, uh, emphasizing here that you're going back into captivity, just like you went into captivity at the ancient at the hands of the ancient nation of Assyria. You're going into captivity uh, uh, under the modern nation of Assyria, which is Germany. And what you need to understand also is that God never refers to a nation by its modern-day name. He refers to a nation um, by the, from the tribe that nation sprang from. That's why Egypt is still referred to as Egypt, you know, I mean, because that never name never changed. But other nations like the Israel, for instance, they've lost their national identity because they've gone into captivity and have been persecuted so bad and destroyed, you know, punished so terribly. But um, he says in the... Uh, and I will send a faintness into your, their hearts in the lands of their enemies, and the sound of a shaken leaf shall chase them. And they shall flee as fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when none pursueth. And they shall fall one upon another, as it were before sword, and when none pursueth. And ye shall have no power to stand before your enemies. Excuse me. And ye shall perish among the heathen, and the, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up. It's just talking about you being persecuted terribly in the land of your enemies because you're going into captivity, namely uh, into concentration camps, just like uh, they had the Jews, the Nazis, and, you know, Nazi Germany had the Jews in concentration camps because, uh, you know, the, the European Union rising to the pinnacle of power, for the most part, will be the rise of the Fourth Reich. Make no mistake about it. But you're going back into captivity, into concentration camps, uh, you're gonna be you're gonna suffer just like the Jews suffered pretty much probably even worse Because this rise of this Reich is gonna be even worse than the third Reich, you know, and they starved the Jews They worked them to death, you know disease and all types of stuff was consuming them The same thing is gonna happen to you and this is what he she mentions here is what he's emphasizing here in verse 39 And they that are left of you shall pine away in their iniquity in your enemies lands He's talking about you're gonna waste away from disease famine and hardship and hard labor in your enemy's lands. That's what he's talking about. And also in the iniquities of their fathers shall they pine away with them, or waste away, you know, wasting diseases, famine. You know, you're starving to death, you're wasting away from, from disease as well. You know, and that's what it amounts to. You know, those are the two primary things that make you pine away, make you waste away. Uh, no food and disease. And if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, uh, with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked, that I also have walked contrary unto them, and have brought them into the land of their enemies. God said He is doing this. If then their uncircumcised hearts be humble, and they then accept of the punishment of their iniquity, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham, and will remember I will will I remember, and I will remember the land. The land also shall be left of them, and shall enjoy her Sabbaths, while she lie desolate without them, and they and shall accept of the punishment of their iniquity. 
because even because they despise my judgments and because they're so abhorred or hated my statutes. Yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord. And God says he's not going to completely destroy them. He's going to leave a, leave a remnant of you to, to grow you as a nation once again. But you're going to be punished terribly, horrifically. And understand there's going to be a lot of suffering uh, in this punishment and this chastisement. A lot of death, a lot of suffering, a lot of wasting away, a lot of crying out uh, to God, begging God for mercy. Like he said, he's not going to hear you until you're thoroughly broken and humbled. Make no mistake about that. And he says, but I will, for their sakes, remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the statutes and judgment and laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. Let's continue to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through 68. Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68. As it states here, but it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to deserve to do all these his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand to do, for un until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Now how do you forsake God? By rejecting his word and rejecting his commandments. And that's what it amounts to, you know, because when you push God out the picture, Satan comes into the picture full throttle. You know, you're going to serve one or the other. You're either going to be serving God. If you ain't serving God, you're going to be serving Satan. You can rest assured of that in one shape, one way uh, or another. You're going, to be, you're going to be serving Satan. But when you push God out, Satan comes in full throttle. And that is what's happening. That is what's going to happen. And these individuals are going to be so warped and twisted, not having any foundational moral guidelines to, to live by because they rejected the, 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 the true you know, uh, moral guidelines, which is God's word and his instruction, completely rejected that. Satan is going to come in and lead them, and it's going to be a, just a quagmire of wickedness, perversion, sickness, disease, you know, anarchy, confusion, and ultimately death and destruction. Make no mistake about it. Uh, but it, it, uh, let's continue. Uh, verse 21. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee. Cleave. That's disease. God says he's going to make the disease cleave unto you. You know what cleaves mean? Cleave means, I'm sure, that means that it holds on to you tight. So the disease is going to be holding on to you tight and not letting go, you know, until he hath consumed thee or destroyed you from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning. That sounds like some serious fever and, and diseases like flu and, and, and AIDS and, uh, and, and, you know, more than likely there's going to be some other wasting diseases that are going to be introduced uh, because of, uh, you know, in, in uh, conjunction with, with the, the, you know, man's rebellion. 
as these individuals become more sick and filthy in their sex pack practices, more abominable and perverse in their sex, their sex practices, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, um, bestiality and things of that nature, you know, uh, that that probably be something that's being practiced for, for the most part um, and will become pretty widespread as well. I mean, it happened anciently. Uh, it happened with other nations and tribes. It'll be, it'll happen again. Make, make no mistake about that. When Satan comes in and you allow Satan to lead you, you know, ain't nothing off the table. You know, you'll be inserting your penis in, 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 in anything for the most part, you know. You know, probably having sex with emus and and uh, and, and, and giraffes and and, and 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 all types of stuff. You know, when you allow, when you allow yourself to be led by Satan, nothing is off the table in terms of perverse, twisted, ungodly behavior and sexual behavior. Make no mistake about that. So, uh, you know, that old that extreme burning inflammation will consist of just wasting diseases like AIDS and. And other diseases that will probably be more fierce and destructive and, con and, and uh, consuming than AIDS itself. And he goes on with blasting within mildew. And they shall pursue thee until you perish, or your enemies shall. And they, excuse me, and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass. And the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And we're talking about, again, uh, no rain, scorching heat. And when you have those two components the earth it becomes as hard as brick and so that's that is what is being emphasized here the lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust from heaven shall it come down upon thee no rain is what he's talking about like dust until thou be destroyed the lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and shalt be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth And thy carcass, or thy dead body, shall be meat unto the fowls of the air, and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt, and with the emeralds, and with the scab, and with the itch, whereof thou canst not be healed, incurable diseases. The Lord will shall smite thee with madness, and blindness, and astonishment of heart. And this is not talking about uh, blindness from a in terms of the inability to see. That's talking about you're going to be driven to insanity. Because how terrible these punishments are going to be. That's what this is talking about. And this is all coming from the hand of an angry God. You need to understand who God is when you provoke him to anger. When you provoke God out to anger, you, you that is just something you don't want to do. And that is not a direction that you want to take. But if you continue to defy God with the legalization of these perversions, it happens automatically. You know, Because God is not going to compromise with these perverse groups and individuals. God is not com compromising with these individuals. You know, God reigns supreme and he takes that sovereignty very seriously. God determines what's right or wrong. Not the president, no talk show host, no judge, no CEO of a business, no news person. Nobody determines what's right or wrong. God determines what's right or wrong. Plain and simple, cut and dry. Now let's continue. And it says that thou shalt grope at noonday. As the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. 
Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face. Let me clarify what that means, because homosexuals are sure to take that and run with it and make it seem like it's talking about a stinking hairy anus. Now, this is not talking about stinking hairy anus that's full of fecal matter. That's talking about, that is a term used to describe oxen and, and donkeys for the most part. That's not talking about hairy, stinking anus. And homosexuals are sure to jump on that, and I'm sure they've already done it, and twist that to make it seem like it's talking about another man's stinking anus. You know, I mean, what, what, is, you know, what is so sad about that anyway? You know, you want to take that stinking hairy anus, take it, and vile, I would encourage you to violently take it. That's not talking about stinking hairy anus that's full of human excrement and fecal matter. It's talking about donkeys and oxen. That is a term used to describe those things for the most part. Now, let's continue. It says, and thine ass shall be violently taken away from you from before thy face and shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given into, unto thine enemies, and thou shalt have none to rescue them. So it's just speaking about your cattle that's going to be taken from you. Uh, you know, those things that you eat and that you, you, you know, for sustenance. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people into captivity. That's what we're talking about here. You're going back into captivity, America. Uh, you know, and, uh, but this can all be averted. This, this is an easy fix. This, all, this is an easy fix. It can't be rectified by outlawing these filthy ungodly perversions. That's how you get these things uh, fixed and to make, make another, uh, a few other critical changes. That's how you fix this. You know, the question is, what are you going to do about it? That's the question. What are you going to do about it? Because this, this, is, this is not going away and it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse till you're destroyed. If you don't repent, you're going to die. It's as simple as that. There's no other way for, I can put it. If you continue to defy God with the legalization of these filthy and ungodly perversions, thumbing your nose in God's face and the nation as a whole supporting this filth, what you need to be doing is writing your senators and your congressmen and expressing telling them that you want the filth outlaw that's what you need to be doing not supporting it because you are just as guilty as, as the perpetrators when you do that and you're going to suffer the same punishment on a physical and spiritual level as the perpetrators god's word is clear about that he emphasizes that in in isaiah chapter 5 verses 5 through um verses 20 rather through 25 you know warn to them that call evil good and good evil to put darkness for light and light for darkness to put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter one to them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. It goes on to say, who justify the wicked for reward and take away of the, the righteousness of the righteous from him. It goes on to say, God says, uh, and, uh, and, you know, he goes into detail about the punishment in verses 24 and 25 that he's going to render uh, to those individuals who have that type of attitude. You know, you are just as guilty in the eyes of God as the perpetrators because you create an environment for that filth to grow and flourish because you support it, you know. And see, that's because most people are conformists and followers. Wherever the world is going, that's where they'll go. If it's going off a cliff, that's where they'll go. See, but God ain't got no use for no conformists and no laydowns and no followers. You can't be no laydown and a conformist and a follow and follow God. God has no use for you, all right? That type of individual is disgusting in our God's eyes. You know, God ain't got a use for no coward, no conformist, and no laydowns. Rest assured of that. Now, as it states here, 
and thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fall and fail rather with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand to change the situation, is what they're talking about. So you're going to be seeing your daughters and your sons, you know, wasting away, being abused, dying, but you're going to be powerless to do anything about it in these concentration camps, is what it's talking about, because that's where you're heading. You're going back into captivity under the Assyria, which is Germany today, and you're going back into, into the you're going to concentration camps under the Fourth Reich. That's, this is what this is talking about. And the fruit of thy land and thy, all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up, and thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always, so that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. And that's not talking about angry. That's talking about driven to insanity because of all the suffering that you're seeing and powerless to change it. You know, your sons and your daughters dying right before your eyes. You know. Your loved ones wasting away right before your eyes. This is all coming on your head for defying God. The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed. From the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head. The Lord shall bring thee and thy king which thou shalt set over thee. Unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. There shalt thou serve other gods at wood and stone. So the president, whoever is the president at that time, he's going into captivity as well. And I've covered, you know, in, in, in a number of articles, you know, uh, about the present president and the direction that he's taking the nation in, you know. And if you are the president at, at that time, you're going into captivity. Uh, uh, whoever the president is at, at that time, you know, he may not be, but whoever the president is at that time, they're going into captivity as well. And you're going to suffer the same fate of wasting away in the concentration camps. And you'll probably be dealt with even more severely, you know probably be dealt with even more severely but the king or the ruler of the nation at that particular time is going into captivity as well so whoever whoever the president is at that time is going into captivity in these concentration camps as well but it goes on to say unto a nation neither uh, thou nor thy fathers have known and there shalt thou serve other gods wood and stone that's speaking uh, um, that's speaking about ancient Israel but it applies to modern-day Israel as well. And thou shalt become an astonishment and a proverb and a byword among all nations whither the Lord shall lead thee. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field and shalt gather but a little in, for the locust shall consume it. And you see that in many cases. And all types of insects uh, that are eating, eating the crops and vegetation. Uh, what is it that... that uh, particular beetle they call the boar beetle or something like that that is born into the trees and it eats the trees from the inside out so much so that they rot and they die and they, they're like kindling for the wildfires and uh, so it's not just going to be locusts consuming but locusts will be consuming as well but there's going to be other insects consuming your crops and your vegeta vegetation as well and uh, thou, the plant thou plant or your plant vineyard you shall plant vineyards and dress them but shalt neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. Yeah. These types of insects, different types of ravenous insects that eat the, the, the vineyards and the, the, the crops is what's being emphasized. And thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coasts, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine olive shall cast his fruit. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity, as I covered earlier. 
All thy trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. And you see that happening right now. You know, English-speaking America, the, you know, white America for the most part, uh, are coming down. You know, you're losing power because really you're following the ways of the, the heathen. You know, is how God refers to them, the heathen, or the ignorant is essentially what that amounts to. You know, I remember, you know, white America for the most part was just, a, you know, they was pretty much humble. You know, you know, they, 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 they looked after their neighbors. They, you know, they, they were really neighborly, just humble, a type of humble people, you know, focused on education and doing the right things, you know, you know, really family oriented people, you know, and that's what really made you strong as a nation, you know, but now you've gotten away from that. Now you, you, you're listening to the rap music and the, and you, you following the, 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 uh, the destructive music that it, that has had such a terrible impact on the black race and other races. Now you following suit, and it's about to cost you dearly as well. About, you know that is part of the problem as well. While you're coming down, you're falling. But uh, let me just emphasize that uh, you know to deal treacherously with these people to maintain power is not how you maintain power. Because if you do it that way, it'll probably increase the curses and expedite your fall. Uh, how you maintain power is heeding these warnings and doing what God says do. That's how you maintain power. For to abuse other races and deal treacherously against those other races and peoples to maintain power is going to result in you going to expedite your fall and it's going to result in harsher uh, uh, punishment when you do come down because these uh, people are going to hate you even more and persecute you because the way you persecuted them is what it amounts to. So that's not how you maintain power. You maintain power by doing what God says, getting back to the old way, living by a set of Bible-based mo uh, morality and standards that dictate and determine proper moral behavior, you know, which uh, really contributed uh, to you, uh, your rise as a powerful nation. The fact that you followed the precepts and 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 uh, statutes of God for the most part. Now you didn't do it necessarily perfectly, you know, and you tried to live by it for the most part. But in this present day and age, you're rejecting it entirely. You know, you didn't live by it perfectly at that time, but you strove to live by a, a, a Bible-based morality for the most part. But now in these end times, you completely reject God's authority and His Word. And that is going to cost you terribly. Make no mistake about it. As it states here, the stranger that is within thee shall get above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, excuse me, and shall pursue thee and overtake thee. Thou shalt be destroyed, because thou hast hearkened, though hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Now God says he's given you everything, and he has given America everything. You know, the type of bumper crops and wealth, nobody, uh, no nation has experienced the type of abundant wealth that the United States has, has, has been blessed with. But now he's God says he's going to strip all that away from you. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. Military invasion, and hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness. He's, so you're going to be starved to death in these concentration camps. That is what he's talking about. In thirst, and in nakedness, and in one of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck. Hard labor, abuse, persecution is what he's talking about. 
just how they, like they did the Jews, even worse, until he have destroyed thee. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from uh, far from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. Now, who is he talking about? If you know anything about the history of Germany and the Nazi Germany, and how they treated the old and infants, you know, I mean, they, they were just, they had no respect for human life. What they think and have thought about killing an a, a infant or an elderly gentleman was nothing. They'd uh, take the life of an infant as quick as they take the life of a, an, and an elderly person as quick as they take the life of a, 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 a thriving young adult. It meant nothing to them. They had no respect for life whatsoever. And that's how it's going to be again. In the fourth, fourth Reich, they're going to be really more fierce than the third Reich. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee neither corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thy kind, or flocks of thy sheep, until he have destroyed thee. He shall besiege thee in all thy cities until thy high and fence walls come down, wherein thou trustest throughout all thy land. He shall besiege thee in all thy gates to all, all thy land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee. What is he talking about here? He's talking about giving birth to your children and eating them for food. And uh, when the children die, in many respects, the, the fathers are going to eat them. When the fathers and mothers die, the children are going to eat them for, the, for uh, sustenance. But it goes on to say, so that the man is tender among you and very delicate. Now, this is not talking about homosexual men. You know, they're quick to jump on that and, and twist that to make it appear that way. This is talking about an individual who is a caring, compassionate individual. It's saying his eye shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom. It obviously, can be talking about homosexuals uh, because he has a wife here. Uh, toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, uh, which he shall leave. Uh, it's talking about this. It's simply talking about every man for himself. Uh, situations are going to be so terrible and so hard that this individual who was caring and compassionate, his eyes are going to be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. You know? In many respects, they're going to be, you know, abandoning their children because they're not going to be able to uh, take care of them. You know, they're going to be able to take care of them or, you know, and take care of themselves It's going to really be every man for himself. So that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children whom he shall eat. All right. So he's going to be he's going to be eating your own children is what this is talking about. Because he hath nothing left him in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in all thy gates. The tender and delicate woman, a loving, compassionate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her feet upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness. Her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom, toward her son, and toward her daughter. You know, in terms of, 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 of selfish uh, 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 acts, you know, there's going to be everybody for themselves for the most part. Self-preservation is going to be ruling out. And uh, the caring, compassionate man and the caring, compassionate woman are going to be doing anything they can to do or can do to survive this is what this amounts to even if it means doing things uh, to hurt and things that don't take into consideration 
the feelings of life or lives of the their sons or their daughters or their husbands or their, or their wives. And it goes on to say, and toward her young one that cometh out from between her feet, as I covered earlier, going to be given birth. That's talking about a woman. This is just emphasizing a woman giving birth. And you know, that's what happens when a baby comes out. It comes out from between her feet and toward her children, which she shall bear, give birth to. That's what that means. For she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege and straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. So this is emphasizing that the woman is going to be given birth and eating her own children for sustenance. And if thou would not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in the book, this book, what is he talking about? He's talking about his commandments and his word. That thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues of long continuance and sore sickness of long continuance. So the sufferings and the sickness is going to last a long time is what God is emphasizing. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness, every plague, which, was not, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until they'll be destroyed. So God is saying that, you know, there are the certain diseases covered in the, in the, the, uh, uh, the, his word, like leprosy and other diseases, but God says he's going to bring even more diseases that are not covered in this word. You know, like AIDS, for instance, that's not covered in the Bible. But God said he, he, he's bringing diseases like that, you know, diseases that are not written in his book. So new and more deadly forms of disease because of your manifold transgressions and utter disrespect for God and ye shall be left few in number whereas ye were as the stars of heaven for multitude because thou wouldest not obey the voice of the Lord thy God it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and to multiply you so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and to bring you to nothing and ye shall be plucked from off the land whether thou goest to possess it so God is going to be is rejoicing over you to destroy you is essentially what this is talking about the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other. And there shalt thou serve other gods with neither, which neither thou nor thy father shall have known, even wood and stone. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease. Neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shall have no assurance of their life, your life. In other words, you, you're not gonna you, you're not gonna know whether you're gonna live the next day or die. In the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were even, and at even thou shalt say, Would God it were morning, for the fear of thine heart wherewith thou shalt fear, for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see, all the death, all the persecution, the suffering, the the, the beatings, the chastisements that you're going to be suffering at the hands of these conquering uh, nations and armies as you go into captivity uh, at the hands of these nations. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again, and there shall ye be sold unto your enemies for bondmen, and no man shall buy you. Now that's not speaking about that is, uh, uh, ancient Egypt. That is... Uh, uh, a symbolism or symbolism of uh, going into captivity at the hands of another nation. So that's not speaking uh, li literally, but figuratively. Uh, it's a f symbolic of you going into captivity once again at the hand of another nation. Now let's continue to Deuteronomy 32, 
verses 22 through 25. Deuteronomy 32, verses 22 through 25. As this states here, For fires kindled in mine anger, and shall burn into the Lord's hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. What is he talking about? Extreme drought, producing wildfires, and also nuclear annihilation. That's what he's talking about. These are the, the, the punishments and uh, all uh, from the wrath of God. As he states here, for fires fire kindled in mine anger, shall burn unto the lowest hill, and shall consume the earth with their increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend mine arrows upon them. And uh, he's emphasizing here, heap mischiefs. He's just merely talking about, uh, that is a term that God used uh, to describe the punishments that he heaps on sinful peoples and nations. And that could be a number of things. Droughts, famine. Pestilence, war, natural disasters like hurricanes, earthquakes, you know, droughts, tornadic activity, flooding. You know, God has so many tools at his disposal, as his disposal, uh, to punish wicked, ungodly men. And they shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. What is that burning heat that he's talking about? Wildfires, drought, and nuclear annihilation. And with bitter destruction, I also will send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. What is he talking about, the teeth of beasts? Because of the extreme drought conditions, which are going to consume uh, the habitations of these wild animals. And also uh, consume their prey items, for the most part, because uh, these droughts are going to be destroying crops that these the prey items uh, rely on for sustenance and uh, and those prey, prey items of these carnivorous beasts are going to be dying also. Uh, they're going to uh, eat men and women and children uh, for sustenance. And they're going to find that men, women, and children are e easier to prey upon uh, than uh, these particular prey items. Number one, because the, these prey items are going to be scarce in number. Uh, man, for the most part, will be more abundant uh, than these particular prey items, but not really much more. Uh, abundant, but they will be more abundant and they'll be easier to, to kill because it is much more difficult to try to hunt down a a deer that runs 35, 40 miles an hour uh, when you can you can uh, hunt down a human being uh, that is not as nearly as swift and is not as capable of getting away. It's going to be much easier to catch and kill human beings and that is essentially what that means. And he goes on to say, I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. The, the virgin and also the man with gray hairs. That is talking about babies and, and uh, elderly gentlemen. I mean, that should be quite obvious. Now let's continue to Isaiah chapter 3, verse 24. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 24. And as it states, it shall come to pass that instead of a sweet smell, there shall be stink. And instead of a girdle or rent, and instead of a, a well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a stomacher, girding of sackcloth, and burning instead of beauty. And what is he talking about here? Stink. You, you know, running water is going to be difficult to come by. So you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to perform proper hygiene. So individuals are going to be stinking, you know. You know, women not being able to perform the pro proper hygiene, uh, you know, that she needs to uh, perform, uh, you, you know, my goodness, you know, so you know how bad that can get, you know, 
and um, you know no running water to, to and, and not having the toiletries either to perform the necessary hygiene that 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 is necessary. So you're gonna be this is, this is uh, speaking about body odor, intense body odor, and instead of well-said hair baldness, what is that talk? What is that talking about? That is talking about uh, the results of radiation poisoning from nuclear fallout. You know, if when a person uh, is poisoned by radiation, all their hair falls out, and that is what it is talking about. Now let's, again, that's Isaiah chapter 3, verse 24. Let's go over there one more time. It shall come to pass that instead of some sweet smell, there shall be stink. Instead of a girdle, a rent. And instead of well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth and burning instead of beauty. Let's continue to Joel chapter, Joel chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Again, that's Joel chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. As it states here, the meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest, the Lord's ministers mourn. Even the Lord's ministers are going to be mourning. Why is that? Because some of them are not thundering these warning messages as they should. They're not speaking out against these abominable practices uh, as they should, which God requires them to do. I don't know if it's from fear of uh, reprisals or what, you know, but, uh, you know, God requires that we speak out against these ungodly perversions that are contributing to the fall of the nation. And uh, when you don't do that, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be a price that they're going to, it's going to be exacted up on them as well. Now, uh, another thing that a number of them are doing is telling people that there's going to be no consequences for evil behavior. You know, in many respects, a number of these ministers are telling these people that, uh, you know, they won't be punished for their evil. You know, but the God's word clearly outlines that the, the ungodly, the wicked, and the hater of God are going to be destroyed on the physical and spiritual level. And for more information about that, you can listen to the audio entitled, uh, Are You a Hater of God? on the site by uh, the truth plain and simple yeah. just go to www.thetruthplainandsimple that's A-N not A-N-D plain the truth plain and simple dot info go to the audios uh, or to the top of the site uh, to the Bible teaching site and you can listen to that, that audio right from the site and I go into more detail about that uh, but it goes on to say the field is wasted the land mourneth for the corn is wasted and there is no corn the wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen, and how, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. In other words, God says that the, your harvest, you're not going to yield anything. You know, you're going to plant stuff, but it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to yield you anything. And if it does yield, the droughts and the extreme heat are going to burn it up. The vine is dried up, and that's essentially what it's talking about, extreme droughts. The fig tree languishes, and the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered, because joy is, joy is withered away from the sons of men. Let's continue to Joel chapter 1, 14 through 20. 14 through 20, as it states here, Sanctify ye fast, a fast rather. Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God, and cry unto the Lord. Alas, for the day of the Lord is at hand, as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Now that's speaking about the great and terrible day of the Lord. I'll be doing an audio going into more detail about that. And that's the time when God is going to pour out his wrath in full measure, not just on the United States, but this is speaking about the United States. Uh, these particular verses speaking about the United States primarily in Great Britain. But this particular verse here, 15, is speaking about the w world as a whole. And that is in reference to the great and terrible day of the Lord. And I'll be doing an audio. I've already done that audio several years ago. 
but I'll be redoing it, going into more detail about it. But as it states here in 16, it's not the meat cut off, no meat before our eyes, yea, joy and gladness from the house of our God. Thy seed is rotten under their clods, the garners are laid waste, the barns are broken down, the corn is withered. How do the beasts groan? And you see that happening in California right now. The beasts are suffering and groaning. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. O Lord, to thee will I cry, for the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame hath burned all the trees of the field. Extreme drought conditions, wildfires is what's being emphasized. The beasts of the field cry also unto thee, for the rivers of waters are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Wildfires is what's being emphasized, and you'll see, uh, begin to see those breaking out, not just in California, uh, but in several states throughout the country. As the drought grips uh, the United States uh, pervasively, and you'll see that uh, that wildfires won't be a, just a problem for California, but it's going to be a problem for several states throughout the United States. Now let's continue to Amos chapter 2, uh, verses, if I'm not right, they won't happen. You know? If I'm not right, these things won't happen. But I mean, you know, you have to be seeing it yourself, you know. If I post something on the site and see that it's going to happen, it happens. You know, that is merely God letting you know that I'm his man. That God has anointed me to deliver this message and for you to pay attention to the message, to the saving of your lives, your souls, and your nation. God is merely saying, listen to this man. This is my prophet. Listen to him. And he's backing that by doing everything that I say. Whatever I say, if I say that there's going to be a, 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 a pull of vortex, it happens. If I say droughts are going to strike the nation, it happens. You see it happening right before your eyes. And that is God letting you know that I am his anointed servant, sent and anointed and preordained and predestined to deliver this message, you know, to the savings of your lives, your lives, your souls, and your nation. To the saving of your lives, your souls, and your nation, if you heed the message. Now let's continue again to Amos 2, 11 through 12. And I raised up your sons for prophets and of your young men for Nazarites, is it not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord? But ye gave the Nazarites wine to drink, and commanded the prophets, saying, Prophesy not. You got a lot of these people saying, We don't want to hear that. Now, they want to hear lies like the Bible says. God says, they say, Prophesy unto us lies. Teach us lies. Don't teach us the, the truth. Teach us lies. You know, just arrogant, pompous, egotistical people that don't want the truth. They want to hear lies. They want you to tell them that they're going to be blessed in their perversions. Of the, the, the things that these false ministers are telling them. God is going to bless you. Your blessing is on the way. No matter how, what you do, no matter how you rebel against God and defy God, God loves you and he's going to bless you. But the Bible says, they say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And the sword reaches unto the soul. The sword is coming, is what God is saying. But these lying false ministers are telling you peace and it's on the way. And what is happening in California, the nation as a whole, as it's plagued by destructive weather events because of your blatant defiance of Almighty God. God raises up prophets in the end times always to warn you before he crushes you. That's how God operates. He always raises up individuals to warn you before he crushes you. What individual is telling you these things and they're happening like the, like the way the, uh, as it relates to uh, the way I'm telling you and the things are happening? Who else is doing that? 
When I say it's going to happen, it happens. And that's not me doing it. That's God doing it. And that's God's power. And that's God saying, this is my man. This is my servant. And I've, I've raised him up to warn you that you might heed the message so I won't have to destroy you. I say it's going to be a polar vortex. It happens. I say droughts are going to plague the nation. They plague the nation. I say floods are going to plague the nation. They plague the nation. I know who I am. You may not know, but I know. And I've been appointed and anointed to deliver this message to save you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you, to warn you, in hopes that you may heed the message so you may live. Because if you don't heed the message, you will die. Now let's continue to Amos chapter 3, verses 11 through 12. Okay, that's Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. That's Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. As it states here, hear, hear this word that the Lord has spoken against ye, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore will I punish you for all your iniquities. In other words, God is saying the United States is the only nation that he's ever had a relationship in terms of delivering his commandments and word to. They were the only ones who really knew him on an intimate spiritual level, but they've rejected him and despised him and his, rejected his way. And because of that, God says he's going to punish you because that's like a slap in the face. You know, God bless you abundantly, but you repay him by sinning against him abominably. He's blessed you abundantly, but you repay that, that uh, loyalty and that love by sinning against him in abominable ways. And there's going to be a hefty price to pay because of that. Now let's continue to Amos 3, verses 11 through 12. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even around about the land, and shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Thus saith the, the, thy high places, what that is emphasizing. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of, of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. That's just speaking about uh, horrible is going to be. And God sends the European Union the rise of the Fourth Reich against you as a nation to destroy you because of your blatant defiance of Almighty God. The outcome and how horrible it's going to be. It's simply saying you're going to be torn into pieces. That is what that is emphasizing. Let's go to Amos chapter 3 verse 15. That's Amos chapter 3 verse 15. As it states here, and I will smite the winter house with the summer house. Now this is transitioning back to modern day Israel. The house of ivory shall perish and the great houses shall be an end or shall have an end, saith the Lord. Now, certainly he's not talking about ancient Israel because there were no summer and winter houses in ancient Israel. This is talking about modern-day Israel because uh, you, it is such an expansive nation. You know, it'll be warm in one s uh, sector of the nation. You know, uh, you have your summer homes, say, for instance, like, like, like in California, for instance, where it's hot year-round. And you'll have your winter homes in, 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 in Colorado or Minnesota. You know, and this is what God is talking about. He's saying that he's going to destroy both the summer homes and the winter homes, you know, for the wealthy. You know, that is primarily talking about the wealthy individuals who have a lot of money and have summer homes and winter homes. Gets, gets cold in, in one area, they go to a 
uh, another area where they have a home in a warmer area. You know, this is what this is talking about. Now let's continue to Amos chapter 4 verse 11 through 12. Amos chapter 4 verse 11 through 12. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Now God is talking about he's just going to destroy you like he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Because of their wickedness, the same filthy practices that the United States is practicing for the most part. You know, and that's emphasized, I think, it's, that's in Isaiah uh, chapter 3, verses 9 through 12, where it says that he's, uh, he views the United States for the most part and Israel as, as, uh, as Sodom and Gomorrah. No different. And let's just go there just to to, to uh, verify that. Isaiah chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. The show of their countenance doth witness against them. They declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Say you to the righteous, it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy past. So God is emphasizing here and in 12 that there's a problem with the leadership in America. You know, perverse men in positions of leadership and power throughout the nation. You know, politicians, uh, senators and congressmen, sexual deviants for the most part. You know, primarily heads of the, uh, the nation being in, involved in per sexual perversions themselves secretly. Leading the nation down paths of destruction you know with the legalization of these filthy perversions that God detests that's what it amounts to and it also states that the women rule over you and that's another problem with God with this women rule uh, I remember I heard a woman say women would do it better you must be you know you, you just sound like a fool for the most part it was never a woman's uh, position to have rulership over man in any way shape or form and how you and, and uh, you know a number of them say well women are smart I, you know that is ridiculous how are you going to be smarter than the thing that you came from? You created from man. Or wiser. You, you know, woman is not wiser or smarter than man. God understood that. That's why he decreed that man should be the head. Because he knew that man was smarter, more stable, wiser, stronger than women. That's why God decreed that. He knew what he was doing. If woman was wiser than man, God would have given her the rulership over man. But God gave man rulership over woman for a reason. There's a reason behind that. You can you know, make no mistake about that. But he goes on to say, and children oppress you in addition to that. And how true is that? You know, these youngsters, you know. You know, and just completely misled, you know, involved in all types of things, you know, gun crimes and everything else. And these youngsters are oppressing the people. That's happening right here in the United States, modern day Israel. This is what he's talking about. Women are ruling over you. Children are oppressing you. 
and those that lead the individuals in positions of leadership are leading you down paths of destruction with the legalization of these filthy ungodly perversions and as you support and follow it it's going to result in your destruction and that is what's being emphasized but God says in, the, in verse 9 the show of their countenance without witness against them they declared their sin as Sodom God said you're just like Sodom and Gomorrah and God said they don't even hide it he goes on to say woe unto their soul woe and like I've covered in previous audios anytime you hear the term woe associated with any f sin or rebellion there is something horrible and terrible on his way you can believe that for they have rewarded evil unto themselves yeah. and let's continue to amos chapter chapter amos chapter 4 verse 6 through 9 as it states here and i also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities how can you have clean teeth when you, know, when you don't have any food, you know, teeth are real clean when you don't have any food uh, to eat. That's what he's talking about, famine and want of bread, which is further emphasized here. In all your places, yet have ye not returned unto me. And, I, and also I have withholding the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. Uh, and I caused it to rain upon one city and caused it not to rain upon another. One piece was rained upon and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So God is saying that he's, you know, causing it to rain on one city and not on another. And you see that happening right now in many respects. Some cities is being rained on and some are not. They're speaking about modern day Israel. And it goes on to say, so two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water. You see that in many respects. California, for instance, you know, rationing water. Eventually, they're going to have to be, go to other places to get water. This is what this is talking about. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased, the palmer worm devoured them. Yet ye have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. God is saying he's smiting your, your uh, crops with drought and heat and smiting them with, the, with insects to devour them those crops and he said you still haven't returned unto me God is making it plain that he is bringing these plagues upon you this is not climate change man-made climate change this is the wrath of God and it is clearly outlined by the word of God here how do the beasts groan as it states in Joel you see that happening right now in California the animals are suffering. They, they don't have any food to eat. They don't have any water to drink. They're languishing. They're dying. That is what God is talking about. How do the beasts beast groan? They're suffering because they don't have any food to drink. They don't have any water to eat because of the droughts, the extreme drought conditions, burning up their crops, drying up their water. And it's going to have a domino effect to where it, it begins to affect humanity and human beings in this nation as a whole. You understand that. If they don't eat, we don't eat. Because if they don't eat, they die and we die. Because we eat them for sustenance. That's going to lead to widespread famine. So much so that you're going to, be, you're going to have to eat your own sons and daughters when they die for sustenance. This is, all, this is where all this is heading. And it can all be rectified. This is an easy fix. You outlaw these perversions. You know, grow some sacks. 
You know, these men in these positions of leadership. Gird yourself like men. Act like men. Stand up to these wicked, defined, these ungodly groups and organizations. And make some changes. This is how you're going to uh, change the outcome. You're not going to change the outcome turning a deaf ear to this message. You turn a deaf ear to this message, you will die. But if you heed the message, your situation will change for the better. These droughts will cease. These destructive weather patterns will cease. And I'm speaking to these individuals in positions of leadership. Gird yourself like men. Stand up to these ungodly groups and organizations. Work aggressively behind the scenes in every facet. And respect the change, uh, the direction, the moral direction that this nation is heading. And you do that to the saving of your lives and to the saving of your sons and daughters. To the saving of the lives of your sons and daughters as well. This is coming this is going to impact the lives of your sons and daughters and your lives as well. Nobody's going to be spared. You're going to be witnessing your sons and daughters die and, and pine away. This is where we, we're heading. This is how God destroys when provoked to anger. Make no mistake about that. Now let's continue to Amos chapter 7, uh, verse 17. Amos chapter 7, verse 17. Therefore thus saith the Lord, thy wife shall be an harlot in the city. And thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. You're going back into captivity, America. This is what this is talking about. At the hands of the Fourth Reich, the final resurrection of the Holy Roman Empire, the reemergence of the Third Reich, however you want to look at it. The European Union coming to prominence and power, fulfilling its destiny, and them being used as a tool by Almighty God to crush you, to chastise you severely. Make no mistake about it. First famine, first uh, famine from drought conditions, disease, and war. And you know war produces that as well. And 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 death, the death from the drought. And famine, you know, mass death, you know, that, that results in disease because of the unsanitary conditions. You know, dead bodies just rotting, rotting out and out in the open. That's, that's, this is where we're heading. This is where we're heading. And you see it beginning right now in states like California, you know, with these individuals in positions of power. They that lead thee cause thee to err, O Israel, and destroy the way of thy paths. You know, these followers in positions of leadership. You know, you know, don't it don't mean you're a leader because you're in a position of, le of leadership. You know, that's a whole different set of circumstances that requires a whole different level of character. Moral Bible based character. It don't make you a leader because you're in a position of leadership. There's several individuals, several followers in positions of leadership throughout this nation. And that's. Uh, part of the problem. And let's continue to Amos chapter 9 verse, verses 1 through 5. Amos chapter 9 verses 1 through 5. As it states here. And I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. And he said. Smite the lintel of the door. That the post may shake. And cut them in the head. All of them. And I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall f not flee away. He that escapeth of them shall not be delivered. 
In other words, God said you're going to flee, but you ain't going to be able to escape. You try to escape, but you're not going to be saved. Though they dig into hell, then shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. Though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent and he shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword and it shall slay them. I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. And the Lord God of hosts is he that touches the land and it shall melt. In other words, destroys the land. And it's melting. How's it melting? From nuclear annihilation, stream droughts, wildfires. That is what he's talking about. And all that dwell therein shall mourn, and it shall rise up wholly like a flood, and shall be drowned as by the flood of Egypt. Now, as it states here in verse 2, he says, Though they dig into hell, thence mine hand will take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. God said, no, it, is, it don't matter where you go to hide, he's coming to get you, to destroy you. Now, this is how God destroys when you provoke God to anger. You know, it takes God forever to get angry. But when you provoke him to anger, you're in a terrible predicament. And nothing, for the most part, will stay his hand. Not even the servants crying out to God, you know, asking them to spare. Because, I mean, you know, uh, you know God had uh, proven that in, 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 uh, in instances with uh, Jeremiah and, and Moses, for instance, you know. God told Jeremiah, don't pray for this people any longer for me because I'm not going to hear you. They had gotten so filthy and evil that God was purposed to complete the destruction. And this is where we're heading as a nation. You know, God told Jeremiah, don't pray for me. You're wasting your time praying to me for these people. Don't pray to me for these people. Excuse me, that's what I meant. Don't pray to me for these people because I'm not going to hear you. And he told Moses, you know, uh, uh, you know, God told Moses, say, you know, leave me alone. I'm going to destroy it because they had, they had frustrated God so much. God told Moses, leave me alone. I'm going to destroy them and I'm going to raise up another people. And Moses said, well, God, if you did that and destroyed them, all the surrounding nations are going to be mocking, saying you brought them out of Egypt to destroy them. So God stayed his hand. You know, you know God knew what he was doing. He knew God. He knew he knew Moses was going to intercede. You know, God didn't really want to destroy him. But then Moses would intercede. And Moses did, you know, and God heard Moses. You know, God is a merciful God. He really don't want to bring the destruction upon you. But if you continue to defy God, you will be destroyed. This is not a game, you know, and I'm a, I'm a, I've been appointed to deliver this message. You know, that's why God allowed this, these, this to happen with these homosexuals and these sexual demons slandering my name. And that, it ain't going to be in the beginning, you know, but, but when I get in the begin to really evaluate the situation, I understood why God allowed it to happen because he knew what I would do. You know, he knew laying down for these these sexual demons and these haters of God was not an option for me. They were actually trying to force me to conform to their, their lifestyle in many respects, you know, denying me work in, 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 in a lot of respects. But nothing they did, you know, threats and things of that made that nature, you know, like like, um, you know, like they, they were putting fear in me. That was that that's that was just laughable. That part, you know, that was absolutely laughable. I've never feared a real man. I'm not fearing a feminine man who takes penis up in his anus. That's ridiculous. That's laughable. 
I don't have no fear, no man. I fear God. I do fear God. And I'll walk among you without any fear. You don't scare me. And that's what you need to understand. You need to let that, that term and that statement resonate. You don't strike no fear in me. And that's what you need to understand. And that's why God raised me up for that purpose. He knew one, the land down was not an option. He knew I was not going to be fearful. And you lit the fire when you start spreading these lies, falsely accusing me, engaging this be, in this behavior. And this is when this, you know, this is what mo motivated and this is what really got this whole thing started. But God meant for it to happen that way because I was preordained to speak out against this ungodly perversion because nobody else is doing it. You're certainly not these false ministers. They're supporting it and promoting the filth. And they're gonna, it's going to cost them. They're going to pay for that. And not even the, the, the true servants of God and ministers of God were speaking out against it as they should be speaking out against it. God raised me up for that purpose. And he allowed it to happen because he knew it would anger me. He knew I couldn't fight, you know, because that was contrary to his word, you know. But, you know, that's, that's how I would have preferred to do it. You know, I'll show you how scared I am, you know. You know, God, take the, the, the shackles off me and give me free reign to deal with you like I want to deal with you. You'll see how scared I am. I don't fear you. And you need to let that resonate. And God understood that. But he knew I couldn't fight like I wanted to fight. So God, and, and that was troubling me. And I said, God, how am I going to fight against these people if I can't fight the way I want to fight? God says, fight them with my word. Expose them with my word. Expose them for the wicked, perverse, ungodly group and organization that it really is. God allowed it to happen because he knew it was going to set a fire up under me and motivate me to do this because that is what he wanted me to do anyway. To expose this evil for what it is, like the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 10 through 11, 10 through 12. Have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them or expose them. Reprove means to expose and many other verses throughout the Bible. Well, God informs his, his servants to expose this evil. You know, I'm not laying down for you. I'm just getting started. And I'm, I'm committed to exposing this ungodly wickedness for what it is. And I'm not letting up. I'm just getting started. Now, let's continue. Jonah chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. That's Jonah. Jonah chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. As this state, states here, let, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily, excuse, cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will return and repent, and turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. God is a merciful God. If this is how you change your destiny and change the outcome by heeding God's messages. And God will turn from the evil that he purposed to do unto you. You're not going to change the outcome any other way. You can continue to defy God. It's going to get worse until you completely destroy it. That's how it operates. You know, God is not going to be mocked by a perverse ungodly generation. You're not mocking God, you know, and think you're just going to live happily ever after. You're about to die. That's what happens when you mock God. It results in horrible, destructive death on a massive scale. And I'm anointed to, get to, 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 to proclaim this message. And he know I proclaim it without fear. There ain't no fear here. And that's not a bold, arrogant statement. You don't fit. You don't scare me. You, know? you don't intimidate me. 
Ain't nothing you can do to intimidate me or to change this. God understood that, and that's why he raised me up for that purpose. I'm anointed to do this. I'm a God's anointed servant. I understand it, and you'll find it out. God, will be, he'll, be, he'll make it plain to you uh, as time progresses. He'll make it as plain to you as the nose on your face that I'm his preordained servant to proclaim this message. You know, I'm not concerned about man. I don't fear man. Nothing you can do unto me. You know, I understand that nothing's going to happen to me unless God allows it. I'm not going anywhere until it's my time to depart from this earth. And ain't nothing you can do to change that. None of no threats. Nothing you can do to change that. If God has not purposed for me to go anywhere, I'm not going anywhere. And if God does allow it, warn to you. you know, Warn to you, not me. You harm an anointed servant of God, God goes ballistic. Make no mistake about that. You're talking about turn up. You harm a servant of God that God has uh, uh, given instruction to proclaim a message and you harm that servant it's really about to get turned up as you say you're gonna know what that turn up really means death on a massive scale you know i'm a servant of god and god is going to destroy and take lives in the tens of millions that's a promise now let's continue it's jonah chapter 3 verses 8 through 10 let's go over that one more time but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto god yea let them turn away, turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. And who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? In other words, if you repent, God won't do what he says he's going to do and you won't die. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he said he would do unto them and he did it not. Now, this is in reference to the ancient nation of Nineveh. You know, God sent Jonah with a message. They repented and God repented of the evil, excuse me, that he had purposed to do unto them. They were probably one of the only nations uh, that heeded God's prophets. You know, all other nations, for the most part, rejected the message and they were eventually destroyed. Jonah and the nation of Nineveh, uh, the nation of Nineveh was probably one of the only nations that heeded God's message. Uh, very few others did, I'm sure. But one of the only nations that heeded the warning, and because of that, they were spared. Now, you turn from the wickedness with the legalization of these filthy and godly perversions, and God will stay his hand. But if you defy God with the cont continuing promoting and legalizing this filth, you know, putting children in the homes of these perverts, so they can prey on these children, these individuals are driven and consumed by lust, you know, and they put on these acts of being so given and so loving and so compassionate. But it's an act to further that agenda for the widespread legalization of the filthy ungodly perversions. Then they bring children into those environments and pervert them, you know, by brainwashing them. Mass indoctrination of children. First, legalization of gay marriage, then mass gay adoption. And then mass indoctrination of children by perverting these children in those home, uh, those perverse environments that masquerade as loving home environments. And then ultimately the legalization of pedophilia. And of course, you know, child molestation won't be illegal because uh, pedophilia will then be legalized. So the sexual molestation of these children won't be considered a, a crime 
these children that are already in these perverse home environments won't be considered a crime so they can have free will to do with uh, to these children what they want to do you know that's what it amounts to and this is where it's heading and uh, you know they they um, but they're going to be destroyed on a physical and spiritual level horribly you're not getting away with any of that you know they think they're getting away with it and they falsely convince themselves that what they do is right in, in, in God's eyes but they're fools they're blind fools and that's what that perversion does it completely blinds you and makes you stupid that's what those perversions do. They're not getting this and this coming uh, destruction upon the nations. God's judgment almost upon the nations and, and dealt with even more horrifically in the resurrection of judgment. When they're cast into the lake of fire. They don't have a clue as to what that is about and how horrific and how terrible and how painful that it is because they're blinded by their own wickedness and perversion. That's what wickedness, perversion and pride does. It completely blinds you. And this is where they're at. Let's continue to Nahum chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. That's Nahum chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. The burden of Nineveh. The book of the vision of Nahum the Elkoshite. God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. And I've heard, you know, ministers, even some of the ministers of God say that uh, even the wicked are going to be acquitted. That's not consistent with the word of God here. Why are you even teaching that? You know, because you, you, you basically, you limit the effectiveness of God's word when you teach individuals that there's no accountability for sin. Because that gives them the green light to continue in sin. They say, well, listen, here, why, why even repent if I'm not going to be punished for my evil? Why should I repent? And that's contributing to the state of the nation because of that false doctrine that nobody, that all people are going to be acquitted. That is not consistent with the word of God at all. And for more information about that, you can listen to the audio entitled, Are You a Hater of God? We're going to more detail about that. God says, I will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. That's speaking about tornadic activity. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. Let's continue to Matthew chapter 24, verses 7 through 8. Matthew 24, verse 7 through 8. For a nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. And again, famine, disease, and the last days. You know, and that's not, that particular verse is not, uh, uh, speaking about specifically the United States, but that's speaking about all nations and how this coming destruction is going to impact, infect all nations or affect all nations. The coming great and terrible day of the Lord and the great tribulation. First the great tribulation and then the great and terrible day of the Lord follows right on the heels of the great tribulation. And I'll be covering that and going into more detail about that in a future audio entitled The Coming Great and Terrible Day of the Lord. But as you see how the, the Bible in uh, interprets itself, confirms itself, and justifies itself over and over again. The coming destruction upon the United States for that blatant defiance against Almighty God with the promotion and legalization of these filthy perversions. Thumbing their nose in God's face. Throughout the word of God, God is emphasizing what he is going to do. All right. Now, no meteorologists and no biased government funded climate change scientists can take credit for this. You know. 
these events were prophesied to happen well before a government-funded, biased government-funded climate scientist or a meteorologist ever existed. This, this was prophesied to happen centuries ago. You, you, you know, the term meteorology didn't even exist. They can't take credit for this, but they will try to, you know, and that is primarily because of perverse, ungodly men, sexual, sexually perverse, ungodly men in positions of leadership and power. You know, uh, uh, promoting that, that fake and phony theory. Because they want you to believe that it's man-made climate change. Because they know if you believe that it's the wrath of God, you're more likely to modify and correct your behavior. And outlaw these perversions. But they don't want you to do that, see. Because they, they ultimately intend to continue to work to legalize these perversions. So when these things uh, start going bonkers, they can say, well, it's just climate change. God has told you ahead of time what the reasons are behind it. It's not climate change. It's the quickly approaching wrath and judgment of God on nations for their blatant defiance of Almighty God with the legalization of these ungodly perversions. That is what it's about. You see, as the Bible interprets itself and confirms itself, justifies itself, the Bible essentially telling you what it means. God telling you what he means and telling you what's going to happen. Now, I know what it is. But that's a question you need to ask yourselves. Is it climate change or is it the wrath of God? And your physical and spiritual lives depend on you getting the answer to that question right. Don't believe me. Believe the word of God. My name is Donald Bohannon. Thanks for listening.